Hi there. Hi. Welcome, pal. It's Day Video Games. I hope you're having a good day. Maybe you got to drink your favourite drink. Maybe you said something really funny that made everyone laugh. Oh, I do hope you're having a good day. Ooh, I'm very excited for the guest for this episode. He's a really great guy, a brilliant boy of alternative comedy. It's Sean Morley. His stand-up is innovative and way cool. His shows have been wowing everyone and making everyone say wow. Wow. He's also one of the hosts of my favourite podcast at the moment, The Mandatory Redistribution Party, along with previous guest and show friend, Jack Evans. The Mandatory Redistribution Party is radical left interviews, law and repartee. It's really great. I can't recommend it enough. No matter how much I try to recommend it, it's not enough. It's not enough. So I'm very excited to have Sean on this episode. The sound quality of this ep isn't super amazing. I annoyingly sound louder than Sean at times. Big Ed. I've just recently shown off to at least two people about how good my little recorder was doing such a good job. I was proud, and now I shall fall. But it's a good chat, and you're in for a good time. So choose your hairstyle, choose your race, set the distance between your eyes, choose a chin, and pick the perfect nose, and create a character that's ready to enjoy this episode of Day Video Games. This Sean Morley. My name's Dave, I like video games. This is my podcast called Dave Video Games. If you like games, well, I'm the same. So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games. It's Dave Video Games. It's Dave Video Games. Video games. Hello, Sean. You're right. right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, no, if anything, you're having me. I'm in your home. Yeah. I'll let you in. <laughs> this is where you sleep and relax. Well, not in the living room, but <laughs> relax definitely. Yeah. Uh, I quite like Sheffield, though. It's a good city. Mm. I really like it here. We're just by the botanicals. The Botanical Gardens. Yeah, I've never right, been there. Right, you could pop in on the way back. <laughs> we've got um, we've got either the best or second best preserved bear pit in the country. <laughs> what is a bear? Pit? So a bear pit. It's a bit like a sort of a Victorian video game in a way. In that uh... they'd uh, steal a bear <laughs> from somewhere. But I mean, bears don't live in it, so they stole a bear from somewhere. They, it would live in the pit, and they'd just introduce another animal. Normally, maybe two of another animal, just so it has a chance, and they just bet on what would win. <laughs> it's just gladiator <laughs> combat for animals. Yeah, so like it would be really common for them to be like, "I got two wolves." <laughs> Who's I got a bear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like um, like just pub conversation just made into a blood sport stuff that I kind of YouTube very late at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like there's this plaque uh, at the front of botanicals, and they said they had to. Uh, they had to get rid of it after um, they just didn't have like you know health and safety and that kind of awareness and a child fell in the pit. Who's and, gonna win? Everyone <laughs> plays it. The bear's got this one. Yeah. Real low odds on the bear. 
they yeah. put up a railing. <laughs> they shut it down and put up a railing. Yeah, so yeah, belt and braces. <laughs> <laughs> Take no chances. <laughs> yeah. But they've put up this like this statue of a really cute statue of a bear, and it's like, yeah, but <laughs> this bear would have been like covered in blood. <laughs> Video games. Oh, lovely. <laughs> well, I can see from your amiibos. Are those your amiibos? No, they're not. They're Ava's amiibos. Uh. I actually, my third of the shelf is like this group. <laughs> like, everyone else. I came up with the idea of this being a display shelf, and then I fucked mine up, and I haven't maintained it. I think there's just a few GameCube games, um, a hand puppet owl, and a few zines I've picked up over the years. <laughs> so yours isn't the Wii U, which is uh, suspended on... Rubik's cubes. No, so the reason it's um, so the Wii U has the the secondary controller, which is also a screen. Oh yeah, and so if it's just high enough, Ava's bedroom is directly above, so it can be played wirelessly, and the Rubik's <laughs> cubes will give it just to those extra inches, <laughs> just to stabilize the connection. It looks like it's had its tires stolen. Mm. It's been put on bricks, or that it's been clamped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Video game have you been playing recently? What's in your disk drive? Load it up repeatedly. What's been entertaining you so consistently? What video game have you been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? That's what I want to know. Please, will you tell it to me? What's been making your hands move so furiously? What video game have you been playing recently? Put this in parentheses because you shouldn't include it. But the actual thing is I've been playing... Jack's got me into Metal Gear Solid, but I think you've had enough Metal Gear Solid content. I don't think we've had enough Metal Gear Solid content. I've been playing recently. Um, well, when you say he's got you into Metal Gear Solid, what, what's gone on? What? Um, I, I had played Metal Gear Solid 1 mm. when I was younger. So I just kind of watched like a little YouTube recap video of that and then started from 2 onwards. And just played the main series games. Mm. So I'm just near the end of it on five now. Uh, See, we've not spoken about five much on here, I don't think. But how are you finding it for going... Because I've had like big breaks between all the sequels. Whereas, how have you found the progression of... Uh, mm, it's really especially to five. Because I think that's the most different one. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love playing through like... It's such a long period of time that it takes you through in terms of like game history. Mm. from like one to five um five i think is the most like straightforwardly fun from the start mm. but i can't i can't look at it with an objective thing because i've been playing all of the so i'm just comparing it to the last Metal Gear solid i don't know how i'd feel about it if i just picked it up and it was my first Metal Gear solid i'm comparing it to like the very awkward and technical controls <laughs> yeah. of ps1 ps2 games um but like they seem to have like refined what the gameplay cycle is. You land on a helicopter, you crawl around on the floor quite a lot, you stick some balloons on things, you go back on the helicopter. Um, it's real fun. I think it's the most like just straight or like immediately and understandably enjoyable one. Where I think every other Metal Gear Solid at some point has been a chore. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like um, it felt like that was the first time they're like, oh hey definitely should get the gameplay down <laughs> mm, yeah rather than being like 
I've invested everything into this mad story and this character I've called Vamp. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, you might be going from stood up to crouching to stood up to crouching to stood up to crouching over and over again, Mm. but you will get through this story. And I tell you what, they've never, they never got the stood up to crouching stuff right in any of them. (laughs) Even in this one, like, because they've tried to have like these dynamic uh, environments of like, little rocks and slightly bigger rocks and you know at no point can you tell if you can go on a rock <laughs> from looking at it you just have to try and often there's a guy like right there and you're like I really hope I can crawl up this rock because if I can't I've got to crouch up the rock and then I die <laughs> or loads of times if you're cr- crawling down you'll automatically go into a crouch if there's just too much of a gap in height mm. and then you die <laughs> and you can't tell any of that by sight and sometimes like you'll do an action and then snake will immediately stand up straight you're like, oh, I guess, Hi. I, I guess I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of found with five, the balloons kind of ruined it. Because I was just ballooning everybody. Where you put on this full-ton device, mm. just to explain it to the listener. Where it basically just shoots the enemy into the sky. You don't have to deal with them anymore. It is, um, it's like one of the most visually noticeable things you can do. Because it goes up so high that if you're like hidden behind a crate or whatever and you do it, that will alert anyone from quite a distance because it goes up so high as to be seen. So it is like a way of, you have to be careful when you fault in people. So I find myself trying to like, you know, tactically take out those of people around the stun area. It's just <laughs> an ever expanding circle of people sleeping. And then the people in the middle, like, I'm probably safe to balloon this guy now. But I would then, uh, if I've got a big gang of asleep people mm-hmm. I'd just be full toning them all so then I was like well I don't have to deal with any of these mm. people ever again oh it's a complete like <laughs> why would you not do it I think after a while that stopped helping you because you're like you're full of guys guys mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be there I don't know where they are um, but it just removes the body so you always should because someone can see the body and raise an alert so you're always ballooning everyone mm. so yeah you're right like the balloon thing is a bit over the top I like games that are um do the idea of like game balance and everything you could all the all the weapons should be like roughly as good as each other there shouldn't be dud choices built into the game right that's like a game design mm. a like rule but i actually quite like games that like don't do that quite intentionally and just be like i've put bad choices into the game <laughs> and good choices in the game if you want to spend time with the bad guns you can that's you know knock yourself out <laughs> and i feel like a lot of the kojima games just have things in there that obviously aren't good or worthwhile but he's thought of them and said put them in the game yeah, put them in let people play with that if they want <laughs> it's not going to help them. <laughs> I think that's quite fun but what, what else have you been playing recently what have I been playing um, uh, I play a lot of Smash Ultimate mm-hmm. that's like been my go to since it came out that's like my not my relaxed game actually that's like, I don't have long, <laughs> so I'll play some online matches. Little blasts of fighting. Mm. And it's also like, I think fighting games, of which like Smash is a, can only really be described as a fighting game, but it doesn't feel like a fight. Like it doesn't strange to be like more combat tech and Smash Brothers. <laughs> um, but they require you to think so hard that you can't play it for long anyway, because then you're like, this has made me tired. <laughs> I need to go and actually relax. I've not played a good beat em up in a while I think mm. like, I think my last one possibly might have been Super Smash Bros on the Gamecube like yeah I've not mm. in a good long while I never like if it was a proper fighting one like a Tekken or a Soul Calibur yeah. I'd learn a very small amount of moves and yeah. just get by on that like, 
Yeah, I think that was the same for me. Like, I never, I was never really interested in anything that was like overtly violent. Not for any like, <laughs> not for any like moral reason. <laughs> not just pacifist be, like, reason. Yeah, I just grew up on Nintendo games, so the idea mm. of like playing a, a blood and shooting game just didn't didn't automatically appeal to me. But I feel like you're such a nice boy. <laughs> thank you so much. I feel like a lot of games have sort of got to me around the back door. Like Smash Brothers was like, oh my god, Pikachu versus Mario. But I never thought of it as a fighting game. But then mm. I'm playing a fighting game. And similarly, Overwatch got me in the same way, where I'm like. I started playing it so I'm like what sort of a, a, a medieval Japanese archer versus like a time travelling British woman okay <laughs> but then I'm like oh I'm playing a shooter I'm playing like a, and it's so, a team shooter it's so colourful it can't be like yeah, it's, angry it's a cartoon. yeah Team Fortress had the same kind of mm. appeal so have you got a character you a fave with for Super Smash Bros or do you go for a plethora um, so I really wanted to um, so I'm actually I'm taking part in my first Smash tournament the end Ooh, of the month. you're training yeah <laughs> so I really liked Smash because I think a lot of fighting games just have this uh, what's the word like you can just keep getting better at it and then there are other people to be better than mm. it's not like when you're playing like the old beat em ups on the old games you're like you get to the end of the campaign there's the final boss and it's like what do I do just replay this now mm online fighting games is just like rank it and that's what I liked about Overwatch as well I had a period where um, I didn't feel like I had time for like big long story games anymore mm. so I gravitated towards things I could just sort of play a match of in the evening and so I got really hyped into this idea of like rankings <laughs> <laughs> um, had a big a uh, few years back Rocket League really went to Rocket League yeah. I love just like I can play this for like 20 minutes and I could go up or down, and I can get really invested in what my rank is. Uh, and they've just added something like that into Smash. And I, there's this thing called, they've got like this numerical score you've got, which is a global ranking. And if you get into the top percentile, you get into elite Smash with that character. And I had this like grand vision of like when it came out, I'm gonna get every character into elite. And so I thought, well, where shall I start? Start at the beginning, start with Mario. Mm. The main boy. Yeah. Still trying to get Mario into Elite. <laughs> and so I've become a Mario main just because just because I'm like, just get this guy in and then I'll go on to the people I want to play still. But I've become very good at Mario, just not good enough. So where is your tournament? Oh it's in Sheffield. It's um, it's down at the big cinema that you would have seen on your way in showroom cinema. Mm. They've got like a big back room. We got our first um uh, like an esports pub, not pub, like an esports bar. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I went on some of the Smash tournaments there. I didn't do great, but I didn't do terribly. I'd, I'd take I, that. I'd, I'd be placed, happy with I'd that. I placed middling. <laughs> mm. um, and then I don't know if it was popular enough or whatever. Or I think the problem is, is that when people are playing, like I didn't drink. Like if I'm playing a fighting game, I'm not going to have a drink because I'm like, I want to. When, it's, it's, when you say drink, just any liquid, is that? No, I'll have water. Like, oh, not, <laughs> you mean alcohol? Yeah, I'm not buying a drink, right? But I wonder how that, how well that works for the bar. Mm. Bringing people in to do like a real Twitch reflexes based game where no one's going to want to dull their reflexes with alcohol, then the bar doesn't get anything from it, which is why I think it's not held there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how the model of an esports bar works yeah. then. Because, <laughs> yeah, when, if I'm 
a feeling having a glass of wine or something and mm. I want to play a game I'll go online because I don't want to play a story one yeah. because I want to absorb all the story however then I'll go online thinking oh well it doesn't matter if I lose in that but then I'll just lose because yeah, of yeah, my yeah. senses are dulled mm. <laughs> compared to these kids with their energy yeah. drinks <laughs> kids I think the, like kids are the real anathema to someone who's in their thirties who wants to play games, <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Like I'm getting like roundly beaten, and then I hear them on like the voice chat. I'm like, "You're nine. <laughs> you're nine, and you're making me angry." <laughs> Tell me your favourite. Tell me your favourite. What's the game? When you played it, you just knew it was your favourite. Tell me your favourite. Tell me your favourite. A special place in your heart to the finish from the start. Tell me your favourite. Tell me your favourite. Completed it loads of times. Could be a classic or a surprise. Tell me your favourite. Tell me your favourite. What's the best one? Say it to David. Tell us now. What is your favourite? Tell me your favourite. Have you got a favourite or favourites? Oh, favourite questions are always hard. Yeah. Right? Make a definite choice about all I, the games. I have one that I think is like a real good, real interesting choice. I think it's like, like I think arguably maybe my favourite is probably going to be Smash. It will be like Dark Souls or something. Mm. But my interesting answer, which is definitely one of my favourite games of all time, is this really like little known Mega Drive game. So when I was in primary school, a great weekend for me was renting a game for the weekend from Blockbuster. Mm. And that was just amazing. And people would always have... Like, back then, people, especially at Blockbuster, people would have written in the instruction manual notes. It and gave they would... a little bit for notes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but when you go to, like, a game rental place, people would be like, watch out for this thing on level three. And I'm like, oh, what's going to be on level three? And then I'll, like, write it, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, well, they're not going to rent that again. They're not going to see that. But I like it's, like, got, it's the kind of, um, the only thing that replicates that now in my life is reading, like, a... Pub graffiti toilet <laughs> wall. Um, people would have written cheat codes and stuff they'd worked out, and I loved that. And I picked up this game called Soleil, although I have found out it was released in the US as Crusader of Senti. Real strange. Yeah, and it I've was, never heard it, of it. No one's ever heard of it, right? And I think it's amazing. So, do you know uh, Link to the Past? Yeah. The SNES, right? Mm. It's one of the golden Zelda games, one of the best SNES games. And this was Mega Drive's answer to Link to the Past. Uh, and it's remarkably similar, and I would say better. Um, you're this kid, you've come of age, you've got a sword, it's like high fantasy kind of stuff, very mm. similar. But then things start going real weird. You, you go to a fortune teller, I can't remember why, and the <laughs> fortune teller robs you of your ability to understand human beings, but grants you the ability to understand animals. Um, and so then suddenly you're sort of thrown into the animal world where just, you, people can't understand you they don't, they don't know what you want so you're just talking to dogs and cows and stuff <laughs> but while also the levels are still like um, you know you're running around mm. getting your sword you get the ability to throw your sword there's loads based on that and it's quite a, do you know how like Sonic versus Mario where like Sonic has physics and momentum whereas Mario just goes right or he stood still mm. it has a lot of that but where you throw your sword it'll sort of go to where you end up so you can do these really complicated sword throws where you're like I can't quite throw it at you but I could throw it so that when it's coming back to me it's going to cross your path and you end up befriending loads of animals in the world and each animal gives you a new ability 
but you can always have two animals equipped at any one time, and their abilities can combine in weird ways. This sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, You, like, you befriend a butterfly that lets you manually control the throw of your sword, or a flying squirrel that means your sword just bounces around for ages, or you can set it on fire with a lion, or you can make it (laughs) faster with the cheetah, but in order to get the cheetah, you've got to beat the cheetah in a race, but... The only way you can do it is if you manage to hire a jeep. <laughs> and then there's this whole mission in it where you've got to go, like, you keep getting sent back in time. It's not clear why, right? There's so many elements that don't make sense. I wonder if I were to, like, understand the original story that hasn't been, like, translated. Maybe it'll make sense. But at some point, you've got to go to the Tower of Babel. <laughs> and then you get to the top of the Tower of Babel, and um, there's a rope. But then when you're climbing up the rope, the rope comes to life and is a boss and says, I won't let you go to heaven. (laughs) And you kill this rope and then like, but then nothing happens. You've killed the rope. Definitely not going to heaven now. (laughs) The the rope, you've killed it. So then you've got to go plant a seed and... A rope seed. What sort of a beanstalk? (laughs) And then you go to heaven and then God says, help, heaven's been invaded by a dragon. (laughs) God can't handle it. Yeah, God. Yeah. I think like the idea is that you're like sort of in like at the gates of heaven and God's inside and he can't come out, there's a dragon there. <laughs> like I'd come out and say hello, but there's a dragon. Uh and then you defeat the dragon. Uh but then that God makes it so that this is the Tower of Babel story where God makes it so that no one can communicate now. Um and then you realise I'm basically summarising the whole plot. <laughs> and then you realise, so there's monsters in there, right? So there's animals, there's monsters, there's humans. And then you realise that the monsters are actually like good and they're intelligent and you've been killing them sort of for no reason. Like the game does this big reveal of like the monsters are actually as smart as you. They're just a different kind of people. Maybe you're the monster. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and the game does this big spin. I'm like, wow, in the Mega Drive era, like, well, who's doing that? But then it doesn't know, like if you, if you do that twist on someone, you'd think something major would change in the game. No, you still got to kill the monsters. You still got to kill them all. Like they're still the enemy. Like the final boss is still just another monster. <laughs> you learn nothing. <laughs> well, but it's like a real fun game. And I think how mad the plot was. And Sonic the Hedgehog's got a cameo in it. <laughs> He's on like the third level. He's um, sunbathing. <laughs> and he says, "Watch out, I'm hot. And if you touch, you'd lose health." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he's sunburned for so long. He's so hot, he'll burn. It's not just showing off like usual. Yeah, what time hot? Well, I don't believe you. Oh, yeah, you're scorching. You hurt me. Yeah, that, that hurt. I feel like I've lost a quarter of my entire vitality. I'm closer to death because I touched you. Have you been able to play it since you were a kid? Um, it can just be emulated. Mm. I think I still have. Do I? I think somewhere it still exists as a physical thing. You're allowed to emulate stuff if you have the physical copy somewhere. And for listeners, you're more or less able to emulate any Mega Drive game you want anyway. <laughs> I've never heard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's from me. David's not said that. That's, you have my blessing, but not the podcast's. What was the game's name? Again, just so I definitely got it down. So it was called Soleil. Mm. But if you ever want to actually look it up, you've got to look up Crusader of Sensi. Because that was the 
that was the North and American the release. Yeah. Sent you with a C, by the way. <laughs> which you're not going to have guessed because it's not worse. <laughs> <laughs> When you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today, what was the first video game you played? Let's go back in time to when your memories were made. When you had tiny little infant hands holding the controller, you didn't yet understand, you pressed start, and then it all began starting off everything like the Big Bang. When you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today, let's go back to when your memories were made. What was the first video game that you ever played? I don't know what exactly was first. I had a, um, a NES. I had a Nintendo Entertainment System. And I had I had this game called Noah's Ark. And it was re- it was really good. I think maybe it even reminds me of Soleil actually, because you'll know when you've got to collect all these animals. And it was actually really hard. And some of the animals don't want to go on the ark. <laughs> so you've got to beat them up. <laughs> that's just implied but like there's a bit like the, you know you, it, you'll go through different like biomes right this is the jungle level so you collect the jungle animals and it's really hard and different animals give you different abilities like like the original Wario Game Boy game it felt like especially because you're squat you look a lot like Wario actually that's interesting a little squat Noah yeah you're a really <laughs> squat Noah get him on a big ship and because you're an old man you can't like jump very well <laughs> like, there's a lot of platforming but you can't jump like you know how Mario's got this insane jump he's a sprightly young man yeah right do you know how old Mario's supposed to be oh I mean the moustache is going to age him I'm guessing but I'm going to go for oh, like 38 like make, yeah. that's why I would have guessed yeah 24 <laughs> 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 I can't remember that. And officially twenty four. That's, that's well, what me and Motor. I kind of got the impression he owned his own plumbing business, and maybe yeah. I mean, maybe it could be like a passed down family so, business. How old's Luigi supposed to be? Is Luigi? I don't know. Is he younger or older? Well, you'd assume younger because of how their relationship yeah. is. So I'll uh, go. Yeah, like Luigi's nineteen, <laughs> 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 and Luigi's younger in the film as well. Hmm. I don't know, I mean, like the idea that that's going to help us canon on to the main series. Yeah, such a hard to deal with fact. Um, had Jurassic Park for the NES as well. Oh, uh, no, I had the Mega Drive version. But... Mega Drive version is such a different game. The Jurassic Park for NES was so insanely hard. It was just like a top-down shooter. Like, you would just shoot, mm. like, circular, colourful balls uh, at... Uh, dinosaurs but it was just the dinosaurs are so fast <laughs> and you can only shoot up down left right but the dinosaurs can go diagonally so you just die <laughs> constantly but like when the raptors come they're like five times as fast as you and then go diagonally and you can't go diagonally <laughs> so you just die I mean Loved it. maybe it's realistic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're right it, it would if I was if I was versus <laughs> Like, I had a slingshot and I was versus Velociraptors. I think it would look very similar. Where I'm, like, looking that way. Then looking all the way over there. And I don't notice. <laughs> From the side. Yeah. Uh, back to the, the Noah's Ark game. Yeah. So it was just based on the Bible story, basically. Yeah, I, do, I assume that it's, like, the Bible via Japan, right? So yeah. it's, it's not like... Like, a Bible game made in the West will always be really, really bad. 
<laughs> and because I think they've got more interest on passing on the scripture <laughs> than making a fun game. Whereas in Japan, they view Christianity and that religion as just another mad set of stories to work into a set of mechanics. They'd be like, yeah, this sounds mad. So he collects the animals. Yeah, but then there's a massive scorpion. They just want to go in the ark. <laughs> you can only take... Like, I don't think you're allowed to do that with the Bible in the West. <laughs> we tried that nowadays. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to fly. It's not going to do well in the North American market. When do you play your video games? The minutes turn into hours, which become an entire summer's day. And when that time has been whiled away, do you feel accomplished or dismay? When do you play your video games? I sit very still, except for my hands, which move and move me through digital lands. My thumbs order the commands, as time slips through my fingers like sand. Exfoliates as I play my video games. If your time is a game, and every day is a level, and there are no extra lives, we're all trying to score as many points as we can before we die. When do you play your video games? Like, when in your spare time do you get a chance to play video games? I think, so I'm like self-employed now. So actually that's gotten a lot easier because I can, well, yes and no actually, because on one hand self-employment sort of means you can control your own time. But on the other hand, it means you have to like say yes to any work. So when you're working and when you're not really random, so you sort of don't have control over your own time. Uh, but definitely when I was like going out and working in like an office or a place I'd come home and I'd be tired and I'm like I can't because I used to love JRPGs mm. I used to love these big long stories and you know you'd play them for like months <laughs> and you'd finally complete them and I just had in my head that like I couldn't do that or I couldn't like buy a big console game and then spend days on it but uh, now that I am self-employed, I'm trying to like really push for like proper days off, and where I like have to push time out. I think I had a few years where I got unhealthy <laughs> because I wasn't like having any time off from stuff. Mm. And now that I am, I'm like, ah, games—the most relaxing thing there is. If they weren't actually very stressful. <laughs> well, I guess it's with you, as you say, you're self-employed, um, being your own boss, and all of that. Or uh, being your own boss, but also having like 15 bosses. <laughs> <laughs> but also with it being, I'm guessing, work you want to do as well, I find that's where you... Because you do want to be doing comedy and things. Yeah. So it's kind of, you, it is kind of when do you... It's good to hear you making yourself switch off. <laughs> is the thing. Yeah, so like I had that thing that you're saying, it's like, this is what I want to do, right? Mm. So... So if I have any spare time, I should put it on what I want to do. Yeah, I enjoy playing games, but, you know, this fun work could help me achieve my long-term goals. Mm. But I think something happens when something becomes like a source of income. It just immediately stops being fun. Oh, really? Well, not completely. It's, it's it'll, never, more... it'll never be as boring as, like, you know, office work. <laughs> but it does change it where you're like, 
I think it puts pressure on you and you you feel like you're doing work. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound... It's not as bad or as boring as anything I've done. You know, I've had jobs I hated. Most of them, in fact. <laughs> Is it more where you get the satisfaction from it uh, kind of changes? Is it more... You get it more in the success rather than the doing, or is that not the case at all? I'm talking rubbish. <laughs> I think it's more that like of those fifteen bosses or different people that you know you get regular bits of income from that you do work for. One of those bosses now lives inside your head, <laughs> and you live in the same house as your boss. You live in the same body as your boss. <laughs> so there's always part of you which is like, you should be doing something now, and so I realised I was. You know, I was trying to be really strict myself and keep these really strict office hours of being like, I'm going to work nine to five, right? Because I'm working a lot of the time from home. But then, you know, realistically, when someone's actually gone to an office, they're not like absolutely blasting it at nine until five. I wasn't giving myself a proper lunch break. So like that was a period where, where I just didn't understand why I was so burnt <laughs> out all the time. And I think bringing games back into the picture has actually helped me like differentiate the time yeah right yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm off my I'm off my PC computer doesn't help when I want to play games that are on that but like <laughs> when I'm playing a console game I'm like this I've made a gesture to myself this is now free time so in a way finding time for games has actually become self care ah, and self love lovely yeah. <laughs> motive with this so how did that kind of fit with say Death Stranding which I know you played recently because I was at the mandatory redistribution I was at the mandatory redistribution party live show and you mentioned it and I also want to talk about Death Stranding a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh so like Death Stranding is why I went back and played all the Kojima games because mm. I was I, it your first Kojima game well <laughs> no I played Metal Gear Solid like uh. but, but ages ago when I was like 16 and I didn't you know I didn't take in I didn't take in all the elements of what makes a Kojima game a Kojima game I'm just like oh hiding <laughs> well, I've got a gun <laughs> um, but I remember watching the trailer and I've obviously got like an understanding of like Kojima's like you know video games David Lynch mm. and I saw this trailer and I'm like what is oh and um, PT Silent Hills PT mm. so I was aware of that and I saw this trailer, like, Guillermo del Toro's in this game, and he's got this, like, baby. <laughs> and, and then it just kept going. And I, I, it doesn't happen often to me, but I, I succumbed to hype. The only two things I'm hyped about, completely irrationally, and probably won't live up to my expectations, are Pokemon Sleep and Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> and I'm just... I have no barriers there. I just want them. <laughs> Letting you be swept away in this tide. Yeah, just find something where you're like, no cynicism here. Yeah. <laughs> this would just be like truffles. <laughs> um, I, I'm really big on being like, if I've decided I'm going to go see a film, if I decide I'm going to buy a game, once that decision is like... Locked in. Yeah, locked in. Tell me nothing. I want to go in like a baby. Mm. I want to have no understanding of what's going to happen. <laughs> and... Um, I actually like I got people in and everyone there was enough people like everyone in the house of my girlfriend came round because they all had seen the trailer so we all like 
And it was like sitting down to watch a movie, which was lucky because it essentially was the runtime of a movie before I could control the character. And all of us were like laughing with every new bit of world building. It was so stupid. And the the name of every character made us all laugh. Everything about it was just like, come on. (laughs) And then once the gameplay happened, people did not want to stick around. This must be the most... Like Metal Gear Solid Five is such a um, it's such a spectator friendly game. It's so like tense constantly, and so many different things can happen. It's actually quite fun to watch as well as play. Mm. Death Stranding is <laughs> sometimes borderline not fun to play. <laughs> so to watch it must be interminable. I really dug it, and I really like the the game cycle like I guess like an individual cycle is just take this to here mm. and there's always going to be there's some mission critical ones it would vacillate between being immensely relaxing to immensely <laughs> stressful <laughs> stressful <laughs> and like depressing yeah you'll just be going like up a nice Icelandic looking hill and then, yeah. then it'll be ghosts summoning arms out of ink to drag you into yeah. the sea the ghost did my head in. I get scared by video games a lot. I'm really easily scared by games. I've tried playing Alien Isolation, and I I think my average time waiting in an individual like Docker <laughs> is over 15 minutes. <laughs> Every time I hide, it takes 15 minutes to come out. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Ooh, I certainly did. For more, Sean, his and Jack Evans' podcast, The Mandatory Redistribution Party, has weekly episodes every Monday, available at all good podcast places. There's a good episode called Weltress, where Sean has a monologue about the history of Tetris. That's a good one. And there's an episode called Not All Video Games, that asks if Pokemon is communist or capitalist. And that's a good app too. Sean's latest show, entitled Soon I Will Be Dead and My Bones Will Be Free to Wreak Havoc Upon the Earth Once More, will be at the Soho Theatre at the start of April 2020, if you're down in that Devil's Den, London. Sean runs his own nights in Sheffield, the monthly Regather Comedy Club at the Regather Cooperative, and the new material and new act night, Big No-No, at the Cellar at Dino's, every other Tuesday. Yeah, every other Tuesday, you gotta go to Dino's. Check out Regather Comedy Club and Big No-No's Facebook pages, respectively. I'll do some links. Sean is very funny on Twitter, and his handle is at Sean Moore. S-E-A-N-M-O-R-L. Just this week, he put a picture of a bear, and I was pissing myself. Funny bear. Sean also has The Galang Show, which I can't really describe, but you should go to it. So follow at The Galang Show on Twitter for details of the next one of those. Hell, let's go back in time. Hell, let's go back into the archive. Check out InfoWow TV on YouTube. There's a great 45-minute show from about four years ago, which is really worth a watch. Very funny. He has a website, seanmolly.co.uk. This has been Day Video Games. Please check out the previous episodes. Please subscribe. Come on, you big subscriber. Subscribe! Please subscribe to this. The Day Video Games Twitter is at It's Day Video Games. I'm David Stanier. Follow me on Twitter, at David Stanier. Go on my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash David A. Stanier. Bored of saying websites now, so I'm going to stop. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.
This has been Day Video Games. See ya. Goodbye.